Grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Friday, May 8th, and today will be a fairly heavy podcast. On the pod today, I have with me my good friend, Brian Loritz. Brian is a pastor and author. He was on the podcast last week for our Meditations on Hope. And today I have him with us to discuss and process, and basically I've asked him to pastor us through yet another shooting of an unarmed black man in our country, Ahmad Arbery. Ahmad was 25 years old, out for a jog in Southern Georgia when he was shot and killed by two armed white men. And at this point there are no arrests and it almost went unnoticed by the news and social media until the video of the killing emerged, I think yesterday or the day before. And now it just has us all again going, how, how why, how, how and why and, anger and all of these, these feelings of injustice and all this stuff. So um, Brian has done uh, a life's work in this, in this space, has done such a good job when he was with us last year at our church to walk us through the correlation between gospel and race and lament and justice and all of these things. But I just asked him on today to help us kind of make sense of this. I mean, there isn't, you can't make sense of it, I guess, but pastor us through it. So Brian, yeah, where do you start? Yeah, you know, Dave, I'm a, I'm a big uh, communication pyramid person. And I think I was sharing this with your staff when I was with you some months ago. Um, and to simplify, in essence, there's five levels of communication. Uh, the most surface level is cliche. Good morning, good morning. How are you? I mean, you've spoken, but you really haven't communicated. Levels two and three are where most guys hang out. We call this sports center talk. Level two is, um, is kind of sharing facts, like who won the game, how many points did so-and-so have, did you see the last dance. Mm-hmm. Um, level three is opinion, sharing what you think. Um, but it's level four, level five that represent the deepest levels of communication, which is actually um, great instruments and gauges uh, to assess how you're doing in your marriage, your friendships, so on and so forth. Level four is emotive. It's sharing how I feel, right? And at that level, it's not that I'm trying to be right. I'm just giving you raw emotions, which by the way, I think that's where a lot of the Psalms are, as David is just, man, send my enemies to hell. Like (laughs) you, you don't take Psalm 55 and craft a theology of enemies as much as David just going, here's my heart, which is why I think God calls David a man after his own heart. So, you know, much of what I'll share, um, Dave, is level four communication. And and I think that's kind of step one is I think think the church should exist both formally, programmatically, and interpersonally to allow space for level four communication. Yeah. Right. Wow. And and to just say, you know, here, I don't even want you to focus on being right or saying it the right way. How are you feeling? Right. Mm-hmm. Now, are there a place for facts? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I know many of my white brothers and sisters, maybe their initial posture may be, well, hold on. We don't know the facts and we don't have a complete context. And I would say, yes, but let's first stop and feel. Yeah. before we resurface to the facts, which I think is a good recipe for marriage in general. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me take a note. Wait, stop, stop. Give me a second. Let me write that down. 
Yeah, so I, you know, so, you know, I watched the video and, you know, I, I was just talking to one of my good buddies, man. I was, I was profoundly moved. And I think several reasons. One, I mean, he was shot down like an animal. Yeah. Uh, two, you have a father and a son. It's sort of like the father is discipling his son in this way. Gosh. So you're watching kind of the generational handoff wow. to this kind of oppression, which that just wiped me out. And then three, Dave, you know, I'm, I'm starting to piece it together. Over the last couple of years, you've had black people sitting in church in South Carolina getting murdered. Yeah. You had a guy sitting in his own apartment on his sofa eating ice cream getting murdered. You had a guy in Minnesota with his girlfriend and daughter getting murdered. Mm -hmm. uh, you had in Fort Worth um, a, uh, a nephew playing video games. Um, and I think it was, was the aunt who got murdered. Anyways, and now you got this guy just jogging what it looks Gosh. like. And you're going, my goodness. I, I just texted a good buddy of mine in Atlanta just saying, man, be safe. And he responded back. He said, man, I typically do like a five mile walk to this park and back. And my wife was adamant. I can't do that walk anymore. Wow. So, you know, there's a level, all of us being locked down right now because of COVID. And then that goes to another level if you're African-American, right? Uh, and I'll say one more thing. A lot has been said that there was new construction homes yeah. that Ahmad was going in and out of. Well, we're, we're in the process right now of building a house. And my aunt, who happen, happens to be white, lives 30 minutes from the house that we're building. So she just, on a whim, just decides to show up, her and her husband, and they just walk through the house as it's being built, taking pictures. And they were there for about a half hour and, and just texted it to me. And I just kind of said to my wife, you know I could never do that. Wow. Like, I, as a black man in 2020, could never walk into a house being built, a house that I've already put my deposit on that's mine. I couldn't just show up and walk through there. So I think you've got all of that and you're going, man, this is pretty traumatic. And I think, Dave, to get to your question, I need a safe place to process this. Yeah. And my hope and dream is that is that the church becomes that space that we're bearing one another's burdens, grieving with those who grieve, and I can just emotionally process without being rebuked. Wow, there's so many things that are just so profound, and I'm just so grateful, Brian, for your for your perspective, your thoughts, because what it does is I think for people in um, in our uh, black community in our church, um, in some places, even our brown community in our church, especially with um, Asian, uh, our Asian community that is getting um, all this prejudice against them with COVID, uh, they, they're, when they go into the church, and our church is fairly um, multicultural, uh, can our white brothers and sisters sit with like just the level four, I need to talk about this. I need to bear my soul and not get by rebuke. I think you mean like, well, let's just look at the facts here like with this and this and this. You're not, 
we're not really looking for that right now. We're looking for, I need to lament. I need to grieve. I need to get this out. I need to process some of this in safe spaces. Right. And so the church being that place where that can happen in a community that can happen with friends that can happen through text and phone calls or whatever. And like, I need to process this and, um, and to be able to do that. And I think that's what I, I hear you saying. And I think that is where that needs to happen is it needs to happen in the church. Yeah. Yeah. It happens in community. And, and I, you know, I think too, uh, Dave, um, and, and, and I think rightly so, but we have to resist the urge, the, the quick fix urge, right? Yeah. Um, and it comes from a very well-meaning place for most people, you know, things like this happen, man, I'm tired of this. How can we solve this? And I don't think there's a quick fix here. Yeah. Um, but I am convinced as never before that the multi-ethnic church and people taking this family of God body imagery seriously is where we'll start to make significant progress. Yeah. So government can change laws, can't change hearts with the church of Jesus Christ, but it begins with commitment. So even when I think of, look, man, my, my wife and I are coming up on 21 years of marriage, right? In July. And, um, I was a jerk of a husband when I, when we first got married. I mean, just rude and abrasive, lacking compassion and empathy. If I had time, I'd regale you with some horrific stories that I would do. And last year for our 20th anniversary, you know, my wife was sitting there and just kind of reflecting. And one of the things she said to me was, hey, I just want you to know, you've gotten compassionate and empathetic, right? Now, I can't tell you a quick fix recipe of when that happened. And I just kind of did these things and boom, just like that, I transformed. It's been a 21 year journey where I go, I'm committed to this person. I love this person. And I'm willing to listen to some hard things from this person and lean into the spirit of God, the grace of God. And over time, it's like I'm looking through the rearview mirror and I'm seeing change and transformation. I haven't all the way, but so that's how I want us to see this. I don't think this is a quick fix thing. Yeah. But man, if you're in a church committed to loving one another, uh, multi-ethnic ministry as Reality San Francisco is, and you just fasten your seatbelts and you go, I'm committed. This is my family. This is my family. And along the way, I'm going to express some uncomfortable things. I'm going to hear some uncomfortable things. I think we'll wake up one day and go, wow, like there's more empathy and compassion here. Yeah. Right. But we've got it. We got to strap it in and lean in. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. I think that that's one of the things where when people are, are always kind of shifting and moving churches all the time, and, and they don't have that community that like, we're, we're, we're going to dig in here and, yeah. and we're going to be committed to each other. And then we're going to be committed to each other in a way that is like, we're not all like we're different and right. we have different ethnicities, different race, different backgrounds, and we're going to commit to each other. And so when one part is grieving, kind of, we grieve with, you know, we grieve alongside, we reach out, we say, how are we doing? One of my uh, friends um, in our community, like whenever something like this happens, it, it really means a lot when you, when our church, when someone reaches out to them and says, you know, there's been another shooting. How are you? You don't have to, you don't have to go into all of it. I'm just checking in on you to know yeah. that I'm feeling it with you. Yeah. That feels like 
you know, and this is uh, obviously a, um, a woman of color in our church. Like when, when uh, other brothers and sisters in our, in our community, uh, white brothers and sisters specifically do that, it ministers so much like, oh, you're, you, you see me then. You see like this, this happening. It's not just like, you know, uh, they, they put it on Twitter or whatever. Like you reached out to me one-on-one yeah. -on -one and said, how are you doing? Absolutely. And I think that's, that goes a long, a long way. So I hear you saying like, we're not, you know, sometimes there's a lot of pressure for people that are in, um, that hear this to go either a, I'm going to go and fix this as a, um, as someone who's, you know, might be a majority culture, I'm going to go fix this. Or it's like, I don't even know how to engage in this because I don't even know where to start. It's no. really one, you can't fix this overnight. It's a long, long process. And to be present, show up. You know, absolutely questions. And, and the other thing, Dave, and I, I, I think I shared this with you some months ago, you know, Robin D'Angelo, who's um, a white sociologist, one of the things she says, and this was so helpful for me, uh, is that minority communities, um, especially those that have experienced a collective oppression, uh, we tend to uh, operate more in solidarity with one another. Uh, we see ourselves as a collective whole. And our white brothers and sisters, and I, this is no moral value statement here, white brothers and sisters tend to see themselves as a collection of individuals, yeah. right? So if something horrific happens to a white person in Boston, you typically don't have a whole bunch of white people to show up at your church in San Francisco lamenting. Yeah. Well, that's not how the African-American church functions. Yeah. Um, we really, like, I feel what Ahmad has, you know, what he yeah. went through. I feel that. Like, tomorrow, there's going to be a whole bunch of us who are going to go out, because tomorrow, oh, I shouldn't say tomorrow, but the 9th is his birthday, hmm. right? He'll be 26 on May 9th. Yeah. And I, I'm, we're going to go out and jog and run a couple miles walk wow. a couple miles yeah. because we feel that sense of solidarity. So I think just that little bit of information will really help my white brothers and sisters. Cause again, I think a lot of this isn't a willful ignorance, yeah. right? I, I think it's, man, we just don't know what we just don't know. Yeah. And that bit of information I think is really helpful when something horrific like this happens, what the person in your church is doing, just pick up the phone, calling, checking in, man, that, that's 95% of it right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was honestly my instinct. Like I knew even as we're going into this week, it's just been so heavy. Like I want to say something. I don't even know how, what to say. And, and that's when I just called you. I'm like, would you help, help us find words, help me find words through this all. Cause I, I just know this is, you know, I just want to get angry. I just want to get on and just get angry. And I know that, you know, publicly, that's probably not sometimes the most helpful thing. Um, but this has been incredibly helpful. And I think that's exactly what you're, you're saying is like to, to lean in and to reach out and to go, we're here and we don't, we might not have the exact words, but we want to be here for and with you. Absolutely. That's so good. That's so good. Absolutely. Um, would you, uh, would you pray for us? Would you pray as you feel led? Yes. Uh, right now. And, um, yeah, I just, um, also want to do this. I, I don't typically do this, but I, I, I know that you've written 
a series of books around this topic. And so the podcast isn't necessarily like promoting people's thing. That's not what this is, but you, you have such helpful resources um, in helping shape the church around a multi-ethnic, God's multi-ethnic vision for his church. You've done such a good job in that space. And you came and taught at our church last year on this space. So I want to point people to, to that work. And obviously you can find that on Amazon and that sort of stuff, but, um, but thank you. So yeah. So would you please, please pray for us. Father, we're so grateful to Dave and his heart um, in general, but especially in this area. We're thankful, Lord God, for uh, the great people of Reality San Francisco and for all those who are we're tuning in right now, Lord Jesus. And um, God, we ask that you would extend your hand yeah. of comfort on the family of Ahmad and all those who are grieving. Yeah. Yes, Lord. And at the same time, we acknowledge... Uh, that the body of Christ is your hand. Mm. So we pray, Lord God, that uh, we would give a cup of cold water in Jesus's name. Yeah. That we would bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm. Um, we pray, Lord God, um, that uh, churches committed to unity, um, committed to the messiness of multi-ethnic ministry would continue to rise up and flourish. I pray for people of color like myself, that we would grieve with a godly grief that doesn't get mixed in bitterness and cynicism. We pray for preachers, Lord God, um, Lord, who are wrestling with what to say. Do I even say anything? How do I say it? Uh, Lord God, that you give them great wisdom and discernment, Lord Jesus. And we end by saying, Maranatha, may the Lord come. But until you do come, may the church rise up. And uh, may we fight for justice. Yeah. May we love people well. In Jesus' yeah. name, amen.